This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello and welcome to episode 85 uh, or the 85th if we're going by the old uh, way of sort of talking about these podcasts if you're Steve or Colin, which I am not, so we're moving on swiftly from that. Um, I, and it is just me and a very special guest today, am joined by somebody who I first met in Dublin a year ago, um, who has been a major inspiration to me uh, within my work as sort of a, a coffee creative, which is a weird title I'd never thought of for myself working behind the scenes at Tamper Tantrum until I met this person. So I'm super excited to have on the podcast the amazing Liz Chai. Hey, Liz. Hey, hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. Um, I'm so I'm so happy to just be able to chat with you, Jen, because it's been almost exactly a year. I'm realizing it was it one year ago and a month, maybe, that we met in person. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's lovely to see your face. I'm lucky I get to have you on a video chat today. <laughs> I know. I was just saying to Liz earlier before we started, this is such a luxury. Usually we do this with, like with disembodied voices, and so I have no idea sort of like whether or not I'm being awkward about things. And like I actually get to see Liz, and it's lovely, even uh -huh. though she's half, half the world away. <laughs> So, um, I mean, as I was saying, I, I've only just met you a year ago mm -hmm. in Dublin, um, but you have had quite a long and illustrious coffee career, uh, actually, which spans back to, uh, if I, is, is Octane the first point of call or was there a coffee career before then? Well, that was the first time I ever did anything as a technical coffee professional. So I was hired um, to work for Octane Coffee in Atlanta, Georgia as their design director, or basically I was in charge of everything visual. Um, yeah. My background is graphic design, and I had already been doing that for about a decade prior. Um, and I, I was also a pretty extreme home enthusiast yeah. um, in the time leading up to that, which I would never would have ended up working for Octane if I already hadn't been developing this interest in coffee. Right. So, yeah, I worked at a design agency that was in the same building as Octane Coffee at Grant Park. Ah, and so uh -huh. I actually spent a lot of time, I spent more time in Octane doing my <laughs> design agency work <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than in the actual agency office. Yeah. So, yeah, and then they brought me in for some freelance projects and it kind of, you know, spawned a friendship and I had relationships with just you know, friendships and working relationships with the owners and yeah. with the baristas, and it just became my home, so it made sense for me to join the team. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, and and as, as long as you've been a home enthusiast, you're obviously mm -hmm. a designer, you, that's your background, but mm -hmm. I also know you from sort of event organization and lots of other things, so how many hats exactly do you wear? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I've been trying to refine it. So, um, when I stopped working for Octane, it was sort of this I had fallen in love with coffee at that point. Yeah. So I already had been wearing all these other hats like graphic design, web coding. Yeah. Um, I used to do concert promotion and I worked in radio. So I'd book bands or concerts and like yeah. promote the shows. So I already kind of had some experience doing event planning and just kind of working the system through social media or, mm -hmm. you know, web avenues. Um, yeah. But when I fell in love with coffee, it was this, there was a, this was a point in my life when I decided I'm going to focus my entire career on 
the specialty coffee industry because I care about it so much. So that was also around the time that I went to my first competition, which was Big Eastern in, I think, Durham, North Carolina that year. Yeah. Um, And I just went... Octane had a spot on their brew bar, and I just went to go check it out. I was so interested in seeing what this strange thing was. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I had a couple of friends competing, so I took pictures, and around that time, I think I met Sprudge as well, um, and got connected with them. And yeah, since then, I've been doing a lot of competition photography and journalism. I also do event planning um, for coffee events here in Portland, Oregon, which is where I live now. Yes. yes. <laughs> so many things. So photography too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I love following your Instagram feed. First of all, I think it is just beautifully done and, and your you. photography is incredible. <laughs> um, and I always get super excited when I see your stuff come up on Sprudge. Um, and, and there's, I mean, I could really just gush about you this entire hour. So I'm going to try really hard not to do that. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> Every, everyone needs a boost of self-confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's start, uh, let's start at the beginning. So like, uh, if, if Octane was the entrance to your specialty coffee career, mm-hmm. like how did that, you said like you, you were doing a lot of work in their office already and it mm-hmm. was just like a natural progression to start doing that work. And I've seen, uh, a, a beautiful letterpress, uh, some beautiful letterpress work that you did for mm-hmm. them, I think, yeah. uh, something that I have looked at many, many times. <laughs> so gorgeous. I um, might so have, what, I might have an extra I'll send you one. <laughs> oh my gosh okay well that was not intentional but like <laughs> yay um, but so like what what sort of projects were you initially doing there and sort of how did that role grow for you? Um, yeah th- that was actually maybe the first thing I did with Octane it was something they wanted to do as a gift for their staff for, for the holidays Um, So we did a limited edition, and the great thing about that project was there was sort of a loose idea, but they gave me full creative freedom to just do what I wanted to, and I actually pulled an all-nighter and made that whole thing in one night, Um, So because it was a rush, of course. (laughs) Everything is a rush. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I just, that was kind of one of the first things, and then I also did some menus for some pop-ups that they used to do with chefs there. Um, so those were the freelance projects, but around that time also, the specialty coffee scene in Atlanta was really kind of just, it was like their first sort of explosion, and I was also going to the Tasting at 10, uh, the Friday Cuppings at the Counterculture Training Center in Atlanta. That's where I really gathered a lot of my sort of at the time it was newfound information about coffee and like understanding, you know, that was where I had that first time experience to have like a natural Ethiopian next to a washed Ethiopian. And I was like, your mind just sort of explodes and it just opens up your world really. Like when you start understanding more and more about what goes into your cup of coffee. Um, And I was doing cuppings also with Octane at the time. And so yeah, really developing my palate, and I think that when you start nerding out on things like that, yeah, <laughs> um, and I was collecting home brewing gear, like Aeropress was my first home brewing device, and then I yeah. think I got a V6, a Chemex, and then a V60, and then a Kalita, um, and just 
it was just so fun for me. And yeah, everything that that particular time in my life was just when I was so excited um, about what like everything I didn't yet know. Um, And so yeah, things have in a sense kind of smoothed out since then, like I have gained a lot of knowledge and experience in coffee but it doesn't mean I'm not excited now because I am it's just so different yeah 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 there's always that that first kick of like you every time you you do something you learn something new and it's just constantly constantly new and then you kind of get to that place it's like you realize how much you don't know and it's still like maybe a little bit less exciting to learn some of the new things because it becomes so much harder like you have to really work to like push but that's that's awesome and it sounds like you were really sort of uh fondly entrenched in that community yeah Um, definitely Atlanta was they were like a springboard for me and like my 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 work in coffee but also just my interest in coffee and people yeah. there the south is so great because it's very family focused and like everyone is pretty supportive like it's not yeah. really like competitive in some uh, in some ways even mm-hmm. though like these companies are competitors of each other like if there was ever a coffee event most of the people at all those coffee shops would be there and be friendly yeah. with each other. Yeah, so it's um, it was a good family to be a part of, for sure. Yeah, which then brings me to the, the next point of reference I have for you and, and mm-hmm. your work, which was that cross-country mm. amazing tour. <laughs> so you had to uproot yourself from this lovely, warm, cozy family and, and go to, you know, PDX, uh, yeah. Pacific Northwest, and um, which is, I'm assuming, hopefully another lovely, warm coffee family. But, like, that's a long trip to make. But also oh, you gosh. did it in such style. Like, <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so we called it the cross-country camper coffee crawl, which you can look up <laughs> with the hashtag. Um, and there's a couple hundred pictures on there, so it's easy to get to it. Um, Mm. I know that Instagram has taken away their mapping feature, so I couldn't, like, go to look at the map and see where I went in San Antonio, but, um, that hashtag is kind of nice to have, because I can refer back. Um, that whole trip was not, that wasn't planned. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it was... I I had been doing a lot of traveling during that time in my life, and that was actually when I started developing the idea to do a coffee traveler's journal, Mm -hmm. um, sort of like a mini magazine or like a pocket guide for different cities or regions, because I had been visiting New York and San Francisco and New Zealand and all these places that I wanted to help people find good coffee because people would come to me and say, Hey Liz, I'm going to be in Philly. Where should I go get coffee? And I always had an answer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and that's all I like to do when I travel is go to cities and check out their food and coffee. So (laughs) I had, um, been also, I was doing that spontaneously too. Like I would just go and not really plan it uh, like overly detailed planning, mm-hmm. I kind of let myself just have fun with it. And whenever I opened myself up to that, I call it travel serendipity. Like all yeah. these just fun, unexpected things would happen. So I realized that's like one of the most beautiful things about just traveling and not just like getting up and going and seeing what yeah. happens. Um, so yeah, the move, um, my idea to move to Portland it came because I visited Portland just to go see a concert for my birthday and I fell in love with it 
the moment I stepped off that bus into yeah. like downtown Portland, I was like, this is where I need to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it took me a couple of years of like really, really thinking through, is this where I want to put roots down? Because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, kind of old enough that I don't want to try this and see if it works. And then if it doesn't right. work, then go somewhere else. I'm just too tired for that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, and it takes it takes a while to, I think, reestablish yourself in a community. And since I oh, had, sure. I came out of that with Atlanta, I already mm-hmm. had this really vibrant community and network, uh, like a social circle. And so leaving that behind and starting over was kind of daunting for me. But I knew it had to happen. Uh, Portland is a coffee mecca, um, and there's so much happening here. I knew that I sort of had hit a little bit of a ceiling in terms of what I could do as a graphic designer in -hmm. the coffee industry in Atlanta was a lot more limited. So that's also why I chose Portland, um, because also it's, you know, very close to the Bay Area and Seattle, and there's just a lot of importing companies and coffee roasters and just so much going on here that I knew it would be the right place for me. Yeah. Ended up being the, like the best decision I've ever made. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I love Portland so much and, uh, I, I, it's my intent to just fully invest in Portland, which is why I'm doing so like so much in coffee here. But, um, the move itself was, you know, I'm uprooting my life in Atlanta and I'm moving to Portland and, I think I'm going to do it with a tiny camper. Why not? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I've talked about this in a few other places, but, you know, I have a mini Cooper and I had a mini camper. I also have a miniature Greyhound. So Mm -hmm. I was like, we should put a Linea Mini in the camper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it was really just for fun, but I had some friends at La Marzocco, um, David Lamont is sort of one of my coffee dads and coffee heroes. He's yeah. based in Atlanta. Um, he was he he opened essentially like was the reason why Counterculture Training Center exists in Atlanta, and um, he's been such a guiding force for so much of the specialty coffee industry of Atlanta. Um, yeah. And that year, he ended up leaving Counterculture to work for La Marzocco as I think their Southeast Regional Rep. Um, and so I called David and I'm like, what do you think about putting a Linea Mini (laughs) in my camper? Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) Um, and he's like, we can, we can make that happen, but you know, you should talk to see, to see, you know, if they would be interested in doing that. I'm like, I could take Mm -hmm. pictures and it would just be fun. So, um, talked to Scott Callender and... He loved the idea. So Scott Callender is the marketing director for La Marzocco Home. He's also one of my heroes. I, he's, like, such a solid, great, inspiring guy and, like, yes. works so hard and does such amazing work for La Marzocco. Um, so, yeah, he sent us a, an espresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, we installed it in David Lamont's front yard, and then I pretty much packed up all my stuff and drove away. Um, stopped at 34 different coffee shops along the way. Um, it was winter, so I took the south, uh, southern route through Texas and LA and then up the coast. Yeah. Uh, took three weeks and yeah, it was 
just so much fun. It was hard work, too. I mean, the pictures, it's like you look at the pictures and it seems really like, oh, that's so pretty. Oh, what a fancy thing she's doing. But it's, it's, it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, So I kind of always try to remind people about like trying to be real on the internet um, because I had a lot of people, people come to me and they're like, oh, it looks like you do such cool things. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and yeah don't believe everything you see on the internet, you know? Mm, it's not absolutely. just a cakewalk to 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 cross the country at all, you know? But no. also to stop and take pictures, like, is a lot of work. Photography is, is really hard work, so... Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was so much fun, though, and I'm so glad I did it. And, yeah, big, big props to La Marzocco for just supporting a random, cool, for fun idea. Because they didn't yeah. really get anything out of that um that wasn't their intention it was more Mm -hmm. just like oh that would be fun you know and we can post some pictures and I'll probably write a blog for them about it soon yeah um but I know I sold one espresso machine (laughs) well there you go (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to but um yeah Brian Sheely uh he hosted me for Thanksgiving on the crawl and we did, you know, we pulled espresso in his front yard and, uh, he ended up deciding then that he wanted one. So he ended up getting a Linea Mini. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) just, I was saying that for Scott Callender. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, if you're listening, she does good work. But no, it's it's like when I think about it, there have been a couple of times where I've done long distance driving in the U.S. and it, like it is hard enough, and like just such long days and just constantly mm-hmm. behind a wheel, and then to have to get up and and like you said, photography is like requires so much setup and so much yeah. time and making sure that everything is is exactly where you want it, and specifically when you have sort of a vision of how you want things to look and mm-hmm. you've got really high standards and things like right. that. Like it, it, I can I can't even imagine how much brain power between the driving and like just yeah. the organizing of everything. Uh, must have come together but it like it looks beautiful and Mm -hmm. yeah it's it looks very idyllic but I completely understand (laughs) (laughs) well actually almost none of the coffee shop stops were planned I really just drove west um and I'm like I think there's a coffee shop in this town that I've heard of maybe I'll check it out and occasionally I would see people that I knew and I would intend on meeting up with them. So sometimes they would show me, they're like, oh, well, like in Austin, for example, I met up with David from Department of Virology and Mm -hmm. he took me on an Austin coffee crawl and I have a few other friends there. So I had an introduction and it just lended itself to these things happening. So I didn't actually contact anyone ahead of time planning like yeah. saying, I'm going to be there on this day because I didn't know when I was going to be there. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was very spontaneous, um, and it just it worked out really well. I think things like that also just kind of happen. Like, they come together yeah. if it's the right thing. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing, I didn't actually mention this, but since it was winter, the sun was going down at about 4.30 p.m., so yeah. I've had very little sunlight. So it was actually really... That's, I think, why the trip took so long is because mm-hmm. I couldn't t- really take that many pictures at night. Yeah. Um, and then if I was going to be traveling by, if I was traveling at night, then I would miss the scenery. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so I just didn't want to travel once the sun was gone. Um, yeah. So yeah, it took me a lot longer than I expected for that reason. But yeah. <laughs> it's a good it reason okay. as a photographer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And then after that, I think um, from what I like, you you you've been. I mean, you're still doing work with Sprudge, but that's kind mm-hmm. of when work with Sprudge started to pick up and and yeah. come along, or yeah. Yeah, that was around that time. I think I had done something with them at New York Coffee Festival, but then mm. the qualifying event was also brand new around that time. And so that's right. the first time that I was brought in to do, to cover a competition with them. Um, so we did that in Kansas City for the first mm-hmm. qualifier. And then this year, um, me and a team of a couple other people, Zach Cadwallader and Charlie Burt, um, we were we we went to the qualifying events in Knoxville and Austin to cover those yeah. events without like the the usual head team at Spredge. So yeah. it was the first yeah. time that it was kind of them allowing some other people to take to take this project. Um, and it was so much fun. I really, I really, I'm probably young enough in the industry that I'm not jaded. (laughs) So (laughs) I really, I love shooting coffee competitions so much. And I also did interviews for the coffee spreadcast and, um, I did their Instagrams and interviewed the uh, Brewers Cup competitors. So I got to really get to know each person and there's something about that like I'm actually an introvert but when I get to talk to coffee people about the thing that is that they're passionate about like I just obviously I'm like a chatterbox like I just I love talking about it I love hearing about it and I love taking it and putting it into like a visual format that everybody can can maybe see up close and understand more about like what it is like the passion yeah. that's that's part of all of this so yeah oh, same yeah <laughs> yeah less, and less I, visually <laughs> but like I totally want well, yeah like very introverted except when I'm talking to people who are yeah. super passionate about something and are really excited about it mm-hmm. yeah there must be a name for that I wonder what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because I remember people like, but you're such an extrovert. And I'm like, have you met me for real? Like, <laughs> like can you leave me alone now? I'm going to yeah. go be alone in my room. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about coffee, then I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome. And and you've, you know, you've continued to, to do that and, and really sort of, you know, carve out that niche there. And mm-hmm. this is all from your new home in Portland. So, uh-huh. yeah. Like how is how has that been that transition? How how long have you been there now? Um, it is about a year and a half. Um, yeah, it's come. Yeah, I I keep telling people it's coming up on two years because Portland is very kind of closed off to outsiders because they have this Shangri La essentially, and a lot of people I think want to come in and take advantage of that, um, mm-hmm. and maybe take but not contribute. So I think people in Portland are a little bit guarded about newcomers. So I've been, and that's another reason why I'm like, well, I'm not here to take, you know, I'm here to give, I'm here to contribute. I'm here to invest in Portland and make it a better place. Um, And I don't even feel like I deserve to call myself a Portlander yet because I haven't like earned Mm -hmm. my place. But um, yeah, I've been pretty active this year with a new group that me and this guy Thor have, uh, Thor Himley, he's actually from Austin and was pretty involved in the Bloom event there. Um, So him and I have been working together on this Portland Coffee Social Club. So it's just a coffee event 
planning organization, and we designed it to build unity in Portland and also to kind of have a neutral party organizing events rather than one specific coffee company. Yeah. Um, so it it kind of keeps conflicts from happening in, yeah. in that sense, like, oh, well, we're not a coffee company trying to sell you something, you know, right. we're here right. for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been doing... TNTs and what I'm calling non-TNTs. Um, <laughs> so we did an independent AeroPress brewing competition, and we just, this got announced yesterday, but we're going to be hosting an SEA Brewers' Cup preliminary event here in Portland. Super exciting. Um, so excited about that, especially because I fell in love with Brewers' Cup when I was working on the journalistic side of that for Spread. Yeah, um, yeah really love Brewers Cup. I think it's such a pure and beautiful competition. It's mm. not about being flashy or being cool or like yeah. looking, you know, looking a certain way. It's about the coffee and mm-hmm. it's about the brewing and I that's what I love about it. So yeah. Um yeah, so excited about that. And then we're we also have some stuff lined up for Coffee Fest in Portland this fall. So yeah, so much stuff and <laughs> Thor is so great because he understands part of the reason I do these events is because I get to I get to utilize my skill in graphic design to create promotional material for these events yeah. and that's really that's where I shine. I'm I'm fine with all these other things. Like I don't consider myself a pro event planner or photographer or writer or whatever. But design and illustration is really what makes my heart beat faster. And so when yeah. I get to use that to uplift the coffee industry, that's yeah. like nice sweet spot. So yeah, yeah that's kind of why I'm, I do all this. <laughs> oh, that makes complete and total yeah. sense. Because it's funny, it's like, because that's, that is a, a part of my job that I enjoy, but I fully acknowledge I don't have quite as many skills. Uh, like, like I, I could use to develop my skills there more. And for me, mm-hmm. it is a very logistical thing. Yeah. Like I love taking something super complicated and a little bit naughty and like yeah. difficult and turning <laughs> yeah. it into a very uh-huh. clean and tidy spreadsheet. Yeah. Like that is, yeah. So I totally understand that like there are different things that you do. You, you wear so many hats when you mm-hmm. are an event organizer, but there's usually mm-hmm. like this thing that really makes your heart beat a little bit faster. Yeah, absolutely. I've been realizing more and more too. So I, I generally, I think most graphic designers are probably like this, but I don't, I don't think too highly of myself. Like I'm mm. hypercritical of my of my skills, yeah. and I need to be better about, um, I about esteeming myself or acknowledging my skills because. I I do ha- I do have a ton of experience and I am decent at what I do. <laughs> See, um, I can't, I can't even say it. <laughs> come on, Liz. You're more than decent. Okay, so I will. I, let's let's give you the little shot in the arm. So, um, my first like in your face experience of your visual creative work was at uh, was in Dublin mm-hmm. at the World Air Press Championships, and mm-hmm. that is something that has stuck with me for so long. The fabric yeah. design that you did, the stuff that was like the staging, like all of a sudden I went, uh-huh. "Holy crap! I gotta up my game!" Like when oh. it comes to organizing <laughs> events because it's it was so cohesive and coherent. But more than that, it it had that sense of fun and yeah. playfulness that like we try to bring to our events, even though they're you know like they're, like Air Press is obviously very 
much geared towards being fun. And we try to do sort of education plus fun, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit. But like that for me, it made sort of everything click. It was like, here's the way that we can take an identity or that you can take an event's identity and really make it so patently clear what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, oh and I think That's you just so did nice. such a beautiful job there. <laughs> I had, I did have so much fun with that in particular. And I think yeah. another thing that like is one of my gifts is ideas and mm. um that that whole project so the World Air Press in Dublin um mm. it already kind of came with this psychedelic 70s poster design and yeah. so I I had to take this already existing design that was created by someone else mm-hmm. and and I I wanted people to walk into the room and understand what the theme was immediately. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And visually, I already have an affinity for vintage design. So 60s patterns um, and 70s psychedelia are pretty much my 95% of my personal wardrobe and home decor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I I would love to take this idea and then turn it into a theme. So, yeah, I did a fabric pattern, which we wrapped around the brewing area and the judge's station. Um, Ended up being a really dramatic and iconic visual for the event. Um, I don't even have that on my portfolio. I should probably put it up. (laughs) You should. It's gorgeous. Um, It took, well, it was, it was, a lot of that project was, was had to happen in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, because I was also busy planning the U.S. Air Press Championship in April, right. so I really only had about a month to plan that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fabric idea was a kind of a last-minute thing where it's like, I think that this would be impactful if we mm. create this thing. Um, ended up being really affordable way yeah. to have a big visual impact. And then we had, yeah, it was this swirly psychedelic 70s rainbows and very um Ray, do you know Ray Alcorn um yeah he yeah. did yeah he did illustration work kind of in the same era as Milton Glaser and mm-hmm. very retro and kind of silly and cartoony almost so yes. that was that was included in my mood boards and um I I used the color palette from the poster, and then I also wanted it to be very Dublin-focused, so I had this pot of gold theme yeah. where it was rainbows coming out from these, like, there were shamrocks and pots of gold, and it was all just very, it was very Dublin, so specific to that thing. Like, I'll never yeah. use that design or concept for anything else ever again because it's no. so specific yeah. and custom to that event. And yeah. I really, I love doing things like that too. Like things that yeah. are custom. Um, I think that's where graphic design is useful because mm. if I understand fully the thing that I'm designing for, it's going to yeah. be better and it's going to be like nothing that could ever be recreated. Yes. Um, and so I kind of use that also in my design work with other coffee companies. Yeah. 
So like the the other bit of work that sort of springs to mind is the mm-hmm. the work I think you've won an award for, or maybe it was another piece of recent work, but the juniors um, mm-hmm. coffee design, which is packaging and print, and like how yeah. modular it is, and how fun and playful it is, and mm-hmm. again that sort of sense of like really fantastic color and like movement, and like I just yeah I think it's amazing. Thank um, you. So are you yeah. are you doing more in the way of that sort of packaging and print design in that that aspect or? Yeah, I've kind of actually always intended on my focus being in branding and identity or package or even um, in- interior signage for cafes. Uh, print is really where I I enjoy that the most. Illustration is also another big part of the design work that I do. Um, but it's, it's a lot harder, I think, to find people who just want illustration work. So Mm -hmm. I usually incorporate it into graphic design because everybody needs graphic design. Uh, literally everybody needs it. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can function as a coffee company without it in one way, shape or form. Absolutely. Um, so cohesiveness is also a huge thing for me. That's why... I put so much work into that stage and set for the air press competition. I didn't want to do something different than what the poster was promoting. And it needed to be consistent on every piece of signage that we had down to even like the prices on the merchandise table. Um, And we, you know, we had that spinning wheel for the judges. That's one of my, was one of my favorite parts of that was I got to hand do hand type for all of the judges in this 1970s, like, swirly retro typeface. Um, yeah. But it was illustrating the names of all these people in coffee who I admire, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought, I thought it was, it was beautiful, and like, and I, I, I am very envious of your illustrative talent, um, because there was a, there was a moment where, um, I really wanted to, so we're, we're running an event in San Francisco, uh, very yeah. shortly. Um, and I spent a lot of time looking at what you did in Dublin, but also mm-hmm. sort of looking at a lot of the other work that you've done it. And also some of your home decor, because it is mm-hmm. just absolutely stunning. And there's yeah. a particular, um, textbook that you found that was like a, yeah. a biology textbook. So gorgeous. Charlie um, but Harper. I was like, Yes. Um, uh, and I really just, I really wanted to illustrate something. And I was like, I don't have these skills. And like, we're under a deadline. Like we always mm-hmm. are because stuff yep. always needs to happen very quickly. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're going to go with something else that's a lot more comfortable for me to do. But um, I think your illustrative skills are just incredible. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's such a, such a great thing to have like in that arsenal of tools as a graphic designer. Yeah. Um, I'm very envious. <laughs> oh. Well, I can't wait to see what you come up with for San Francisco. Um, but then also let me know if you need any help or guidance. Also, okay. I could share my mood boards with you um, for AeroPress. <laughs> let's, let's chat offline. Okay, we will. <laughs> I mean, um, that, I mean, actually, that brings up another another thing, another part of this. Um, I have such a like part of part of my reason or my purpose in doing design in the coffee industry specifically is to advance the coffee industry. It and yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm not opposed to working with a big corporate company, although it would be a lot, I think, harder for me. It would have to be the right company, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so much more of 
I just have the, like, punk rock in my blood sort of a thing. Like, yeah. I really want to use what I can offer for a small coffee company that is, like, Juniors, for example. Um, they have a passion for supporting farmers, and that's mm-hmm. so important to me. That was... Like, when when they were telling me about their model, which is going to be actually a little bit different than yeah. what other roasters are doing, um, it just made so much sense, and their intention isn't to be cool, it isn't to get rich, it isn't to be, you know, the next whatever big fashion co- coffee company that gets acquired by a huge, yeah. ginormous corporation. It's that they care about... The product, they care about supporting producers, and they see beauty in coffee. And so it it means so much for me to design for something that I care about. Um, and it's almost like I can't do good work <laughs> if I don't oh, care yeah. about it. So why, why bother? Why even try to do mm. good work for someone that I don't care about their product or what, what it is that they're doing? Or yeah. to advance their project, what they're, you know, what they're working on, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Like it has to align with your values. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to sort of invest yourself is particularly in in a creative way, because you really kind of have to be way on board, I think, in order to produce your your best work. And so like, Mm -hmm. if you're not feeling the love there, you're like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yep. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave that there. Um, So in terms of like, you have like, I, I, do flip through your portfolio all the time just because it makes me oh really gosh. happy. I, uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm like, nobody looks at this. Why do I even have it? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like when someone, Jen Rugolo is looking at my portfolio, I should probably update it. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah. I love looking at your stuff. Um, uh, like, so out of, out of, you've done so much work and, and it's not just within the world of coffee either. Like mm-hmm. your after Clang concert poster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I, yeah, everything I've seen, I've just kind of fallen in love with just a little bit. Um, like what, what is your favorite piece of work if you have one or is there anything that really sort of sticks with you out of all of that work that you've done? Oh my goodness. Hard question. Well, I mean, I have a lot of different kinds of favorites, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, that is so broad. Um, (laughs) I mean, I can definitely say working with juniors on their packaging was, it it hit me in all the right happy places. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's gotten so much positive response that it makes, it's like, well, that makes sense because... yeah. I put my whole heart into it and it shows. And also yeah. I have a way of, I don't know if this is a typical designer thing, but I like to inject little secret sort of meaning and yeah. sometimes Easter eggs, like little little messages hidden within, yeah. but then also there's meaning in almost everything that I do. Um, and you might not know that if, you just looked at it, but if you asked mm-hmm. me and you could explain, well, what what went into this? Why did you decide to do this? Like, literally every click has intention in it, and I think yeah. that is that is the difference between someone who's 
a design professional or someone who's just like, oh, well, I have to just do this because I have to make a flyer for my co- my coffee shop thing real fast yeah. to yeah. to promote an event. But it's like if there's there's a reason why I cropped it in that way or there's a reason why I decided to use these colors, even color or a typeface. You know, there's a reason why I decided to do that. And a lot of times there is meaning in it. So Junior's, uh, so it's Junior's Roasted Coffee. They have a cafe in Portland called Gilder. Um, And I actually did branding for both, but the packaging had so much hidden meaning in it. Their Mm -hmm. identity as a whole had so much hidden meaning in it that really represented them as a company. So that was a yeah. definitely a favorite project. Um, and it was selected for the Design Lab at SEA yes. Expo, along with another project I did for, do you know Brandon Paul Weaver? Um, yes. He's, he's fantastic. Also, he one, of, one of my best clients, he's so, he's hustles so hard and is doing mm-hmm. so many, he also, I think, is driven by passion. And so yeah. we, we worked on this foreigner, um, kind of like a message in a bottle type concept for, yeah. um, his coffee roasting project that was sort of just like a side hustle for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that also was, there's a lot of hidden meaning in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Illustration projects are usually my favorite. Yeah. Um, I loved working on... I did um, an, a PNW, that's Pacific Northwest um, Aeropress regional event last year, and that was my first yes. time illustrating Portland, Oregon. Um, and I also, so that was hosted at Heart Coffee Roasters, and they mm-hmm. also paid for T-shirts to be made for all the competitors. So I designed a poster and then a corresponding T-shirt that only the competitors got, so they're a limited awesome. edition. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorite projects because, um, I really just got to do whatever I wanted, but also I knew it had to be something that Hart would get behind. And I'm Mm -hmm. so familiar with their brand that I was able to do both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all that comes to mind. I mean, I definitely had fun with, um, the Aeropress, Science, like all the staging and yeah. uh, the fabric. I love doing fabric patterns because <laughs> it's really, it's, it's kind of a mechanical thing. You have to, you have to design it so that it repeats, but right. it needs to look good when it repeats. <laughs> so yeah, there's a exactly. lot of trial and error. Um, and so I think I also did that in one night. Um, <laughs> I, I think all my, all my best work is done with like in an all nighter and I can't, too old for that. I can't like <laughs> can't yep. stay up all night anymore. No. <clears throat> but yeah. All of that stuff. When I have creative freedom, those are the ones that yeah. turn out the best for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And so I mean, you it seems like you have a, a pretty broad variety of projects that you've been working mm-hmm. on recently and things like that. And we sort of like have bandied about the term mood boards, but like, mm-hmm. you know, how are you, how are you finding your, your inspiration? How are you cataloging it? Like, how are you managing your workload? Cause it's mm-hmm. like when you're a freelancer and you got lots of things going on, like it's great when you get to throw all of your heart into something, but that's also mm-hmm. a lot of time and energy and effort. How are yeah. you managing all of that process? Um, I don't manage it very well. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Cue <I> all-nighters. <laughs> part of the part of the reason, and this is this is pretty standard in freelance design. Most of my clients are in a hurry, or mm. I think maybe a lot of people don't understand how much is involved in creating something, like how much time is spent on planning meetings or brainstorming or mm -hmm. concepting an idea because the idea is just as important, if not as important as the actual creation of the work. So I yeah. sometimes bill hourly and sometimes people don't maybe get that I'm not just charging you for production time because yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that work if not for hours and hours of planning and thinking through or even researching competition yeah. or the demographic and understanding what not to do. Yeah. Um, that's part of what went into the juniors packaging. Everyone has been saying to me, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And part of the reason for that is I've seen everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've you had been, to go I'm look paying at attention. I've seen what's been done before, and it's yeah. my intention to not do that. Um, I want to be different. I want to stand out. I want to do something fun. And right now, there are things that keep getting done over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think that's not to ever discourage anyone from working with a design agency, but yeah. one of the big uh, the big benefits of working with someone like me who, who understands the industry well is yeah. they're familiar with what's already been done, what's a trend that's been played out, mm -hmm. um, and fully understanding. In the design world, it's called immersion. So yeah. if I'm fully immersed in coffee, I understand it so well that I can better do design work for coffee. Yeah. Um, but actually, to go back to answer your other question about how I manage, um, I, <laughs> I, I generally turn down work that is either not coffee-related or it is not something that really that my soul cares about. Mm -hmm. um, or if it's too small of a project... Because things like that, like if it's like, oh, can you can you throw together like an Instagram flyer for us? It's like that's right. almost not really worth my time because so much work is involved in preparing to create something. Even if it seems small, it's mm -hmm. really not. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd much rather work on maybe a big branding or identity project or a cafe opening. Um, yeah. Right now I'm working on a on a cafe it's a coffee company or a cafe that will be a multi-roaster in Durham, North Carolina. So um, that's so exciting for me because I get to see a, see the whole big project rather than like, oh, can you just knock this out for me in a couple hours sort of a thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not super interested in things like that. But if it's something I can fully put my heart into, that is a way more interesting project for me. Um, yeah. And it gives you this sense of, um, of ownership too, where mm -hmm. now me and juniors or me and foreigner, we have this, we're, we're part of the same family, even like I consider myself yeah. part of their family. 
yeah. um, because it was this, I didn't just do like a quickie flyer for them. You know, right. I did, I created their visual personality. So yes. I'm fully invested in them as a company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I do a lot of all nighters or late nighters or <laughs> rush projects. Um, don't, please don't come to me with a rush project. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, although, I mean, if I, if it's like something I really want to do, I'll absolutely yeah. pick it up. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, like that Octane poster, it was like, we need to have this in a couple days. And I was like, I absolutely want to do that because yeah. that would be so much fun. So yeah. Okay. I will stay up all night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I think that's a good rule for anything. Like as long as you're, you can do something that your heart is in. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much a staunch believer in being in that side of the camp anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, um, potentially to my detriment occasionally, but yeah, like if, if that is what is motivating you and that is a big thing, then by all, like definitely like that should mm-hmm. be what drives the work that you pick and choose, particularly as a freelancer. Yeah. 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 Great. It's cool. You have so many great questions. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's just, it's exciting. And it's like, I, I said, I've only finally sort of come around to this idea that like coffee creative is, is not only mm-hmm. a thing, um, but that it's also partially what I do or that's a part of yeah. like that event planning sort of falls under that or like th- mm-hmm. those aspects of it. And so I've spent a lot of time recently just trying to like talk to people who I find inspiring, who are doing that yeah. kind of work already. And um, a lot of these are coming from a very personal place of like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, my own situation. But it's it's really yeah. nice to have a, a chat with someone who has that experience and has been mm-hmm. doing it for a long time and produces such beautiful work as well. Um, yeah. I think one of the best things about working in coffee is that it's still technically a young industry. And so... Mm-hmm. It's a place where creatives can come in and make an impact. Like if yeah. I was trying to do this in, uh, you know, like in the music industry, for example, or or even the indie crafting, like Renegade Craft Fair, it would be a lot more difficult for me to to garner visibility or attention mm-hmm. because it's so it's a really big pond. Um, yeah. But the coffee industry, it's so exciting because there are only really a handful of us in the industry and everyone is so supportive of everyone else. Like I have so, like, it's like when you all care about the same thing, um, it brings you together, but then also knowing and understanding the types of things that you might have to deal with as a, as a creative, um, it helps you support each other in a better way. Like I have a circle of people that I go to when, you know, I need to have a better understanding of, of something related to, you know, like photography or, um, like how to, how to, I think even how to deal with conflicts in sponsorship for events, things like that. Um, so yeah, the, the coffee industry has, those handful of people and all of all of us are supportive of each other and all of those people I admire them so much and I really I get so much from them and it's so exciting for me like some of the people that I talk to on a regular basis 
Um, am I allowed to shout people out? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So my next question was going to be like, who or what is inspiring you right now? Oh, gosh. In coffee? Okay. Like the passion is so clearly like palpable. Like, yeah. and you, like you said, you're not jaded. So like, uh-huh. yeah, like call people out by all means. Let's do oh, it. Gosh. Okay. Well, so in the creative world of coffee, mm-hmm. um, I have gotten so much support and encouragement and inspiration from people like, Brian Sheely and David from Department of Virology, um, Jeff Newton, he's um, Americano Mondays, he's a photographer and does this like incredible blog, um, yeah. and it's a passion project for him, um, and he's so good, um, and Jen <laughs> Chen, she yeah. is so like balanced in how she, like she does more marketing and she's mm-hmm. so much more logistics and, and also a fantastic photographer. But she's so level-headed, and I don't know. I I I take so much away from like what she has to offer in that area because yeah. I get kind of like emotionally invested in things, and she yeah. she's so professional. And I think that's something that our industry really needs. Like her introduction of like she has required Akaya sponsors mm-hmm. to agree to a code of conduct. And that is so yeah. common in industries outside of coffee, yeah. um, where if I were to go to a design conference, it would be, or a tech conference, it would already be in place as right. a standard a long time ago, but we, that's kind of new to us. So we need yeah. that, um, kind of people living who have lived outside of the bubble to come in yeah. and, and help us like grow and change in a positive way. Um, yeah. Brian Jones, um, he's fantastic. His work is fantastic. Um, he, all, I just, I just like following him because he likes nice things and I like <laughs> nice things. So yeah. he's, he's really great about, uh, like I always try to check out his food and, and coffee recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Anna Brones. Um, and her writing and I bought like her books and things like that. Who else? Um, gosh, so many people, so many creatives. I'm Ashley from Little Black Coffee Cup. Um, Uh and also just the, like their media companies too, like, Mm. um, Caffeine Magazine has been doing some fantastic stuff, um, Fresh Cup, like I've actually been working with them writing and doing photography and their content is so fantastic. Um, What else? I mean, obviously Spredge. Yeah. They, 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 I almost feel lucky that they include me because they're so silly and so satirical sometimes and that's like not really my forte but yeah. they they're so professional in when we work together they mm-hmm. they're just they're so great to work for every time yeah. i've had an opportunity to work for them they handle things so professionally and yeah. um you know they pay on time like that's also a yeah. sign of like Absolutely. like a really great company you know yeah. people who do business right yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always been really impressed with sort of like the behind the scenes stuff that goes mm-hmm. on there and, yeah. and how, yeah, like how seriously they take everything. Mm-hmm. It's really, because especially when you've got that very satirical front as well, yeah. you're kind of like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then, but no, like the inner workings of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they're delightful. 
Um, Zachary and <laughs> Zachary and Jordan, they're just absolutely delightful, each in their own kind of way. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure I'll think of someone as soon as we change the subject. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. <laughs> and I, you know, I I will add links in to things mm-hmm, so people can yeah. immediately sort of like trace trace people and find new Great. people to follow if you aren't following them already because mm-hmm. it is like it's nice to have. I was trying to think about it the other day. I was like, there, there are a small number of coffee creatives, but they're all fairly well connected as well. Mm-hmm. Like there is very much that sort of as in the same as like early specialty coffee, that sort of love and support that is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a beautiful thing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. I would, yeah. I, I wish I lived closer to people sometimes cause I feel a little bit yeah, like isolated in my little corner <laughs> of the world. <laughs> I'll just come visit you. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome anytime. Got plenty of space. <laughs> um, but that's that's actually that's where I wanted to sort of end things. And like you have been a dream guest. We are pretty much nearly just at an hour. So oh, and this has just been an absolute delight. Like it's been lovely to see you and and talk to you. And even if you all can't see her, I can. She looks amazing. Oh, um, you look amazing too. <laughs> I am hunkered in a bunk bed at the moment. Let's be honest. I um, love it. <laughs> I was telling Liz earlier, uh, my delightful neighbors are playing some very loud music next door. So my regular podcasting spot has been nicked uh, by the thumping of some bass. But um, (laughs) no, it's been super lovely to chat with you and to catch up. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, And it is just so great. Like I cannot, I will stop gushing because I will just do this for another five minutes. But thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we will be here same time, same place, two weeks. Um, And if you have any questions or anything else, you know where to find us. We are always around, probably way too much. Over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.